Vladdy here. Welcome to Captic Fridays, episode number 60. And I'm going solo today because Rich is traveling, just not wanting to work hard and something else. Is this hard work? Most likely not. Uh, just double, triple checking that everyone can hear me. And for those who are watching the YouTube version of the show, I'm at home. I'm not in my studio. Did I just say welcome to my studio? Because I'm not in my studio. I am at my mother-in-law's in a spare room that I'm using for this stuff. And I don't have any fancy lights, anything that, like that going on. And the sun is setting down, so we'll see how dark this episode will go, be uh, like by the end of the show. Loud and clear. Lovely. Thank you. Shout out to everyone who's joining live. Puni just here. Luis Vasquez is here. Mikko is here. And we'll see who else tunes in later. Everyone watching live or joining me live, feel free to ask me questions, comment your comments, and I'll be... Let's make this thing interactive. I don't want to do like a 45-minute or an hour-long monologue. That is very boring, I think. Trying out, there's like so many new things I'm trying out. I'm using my iPhone as a webcam, downloaded an app, never tried it before. I hope it works. Uh, there's always a chance that my gimbal will run out of battery and then this camera will just fall. So we shall see how it goes. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned, this is... I feel like I'm on the edge. Like just doing the episode by myself would be kind of different and maybe a bit more stressful. But with all of this, I'm relying on my phone's uh, 5G connection, by the way. So <laughs> yes, Luis. so far it works. In the, exactly. I hope it will keep on working. <laughs> and so before we move on to other stuff, by the way, did I mention this is a show that brings you latest and the greatest in guitar and music industry news. And today I'm not joined by my co-host Richard Morgan, who is traveling and having a well-deserved break from, well, can't be Fridays, but other stuff as well, I hope. Something like that. I don't know. He might be peeking in at some point and dropping some insightful comments at some point. So we shall see. And before we go into all the gear news and react to those, Shout out to everyone who has already commented on my Harley Benton kit video. Miko, I'm going to reply to your question in just a second. By the way, I have a window open, so if you hear like a moped passing that just happened, uh, it's incredibly hot for us Finns right now. It's plus 30 degrees Celsius <laughs> and we're boiling already. Uh, yeah, wanted to mention that this week, I released a video that's been doing really well, first of all, but people seem to like it a lot. I'm taking part in the Harley-Benton DIY kit challenge, and I'm building this PRS type of thing. And I'm actually, actually last week, I already painted that guitar body that I kind of assembled here in this video that's live on my channel already. And yeah, I am very, very, very excited about this project. And actually scraped the binding for like 30 minutes before I started shooting Capic Fridays here. And Mikko, by the way, the app is called, I think it was like Ecamm something. Let me quickly check what was the name of the app. Uh, oh man, I already forgot. Yeah, uh, I'm going to send you the link later, but 
there's a free version of the app that allowed you to stream at like 720p and I think you can get like a paid version of the app as well which allows you to stream in full HD or even 4K possibly. So yeah, there's that and yeah, the Hollywood DIY kit thing was a lot of fun. Um, I did make a significant mistake by cracking, uh, it's called like the neck tendon or something, like the excess part that goes underneath the guitar or like underneath the neck pickup basically that's where you kind of bolt on the neck that's cracked uh, but I was lucky enough that I managed to glue it back in and stuff like that all of that drama is explained in the video so if you haven't seen it yet be sure to check it out and yeah again one not super exciting week year wise but there are some cool things and we're gonna dive into those in segment that everyone knows and loves, or if you're new to the show, <laughs> you will know and love it after this one. It is called Recent Happenings, and we dive in all of the gear and other news next. Let's do just that. <laughs> lot of buttons here to show you stuff. I think one of the biggest releases this week was the orange Marcus King signature amplifier. And it's called it's just called MKR. It's called MK Ultra. Excuse me. Yeah. And what makes this very different from any other orange release is the fact that this is the first time that it's built. It's designed it's designed with Orange USA and built in the USA. And Rich and I were talking about this. Uh, well, he, he's not here to react to this, but one of our speculation is that could uh, the US, like Orange starting a US production, is this a reaction to Brexit? Brexit? Because that's a real thing. It makes things way more complicated for all the uh British companies basically exporting stuff is even more expensive. Like even before with EU, for example, if you import a $2,000 Gibson, uh, it's still, it will be over 2000 euros here in Finland, for example. And that's a huge difference price wise when you take into account all the exchange rates and su such. So. <laughs> Puninja, I'm not going to answer your question about NATO. Thank you. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, not sure what to say about that. But, yeah. Uh, where was I? Orange amplifiers. Uh, first of all, like I knew of Marcus King's existence, I guess. And I knew that he was a great player, but I don't really know his music. Uh, yeah. Great player. Interesting amp, like very orange in the sense that it's <laughs> stupidly simple. Reminds me of those like tiny amps. I've had the Tiny Terror and I've had the, it's just Micro Terror, I think, called it, which has like three knobs, if that. I think it, at least probably two, three knobs. And this also has just deep, was it volume and then sing. And it's just like a very dynamic amplifier. Roll back the volume and you'll get the cleaner sounds and stuff like that. Um, pricey. Oh, it was even pricier than I remembered. It's $3,299. Um, 
I don't know who is it for. Who do you think it's for? But that's quite a lot of money. Uh, I'm guessing they are Marcus King fans. Marcus King fans. For some reason, that is difficult for me to pronounce. Marcus King fang, fangs. <laughs> I hope Marcus King doesn't have fangs because it might mean that he's a werewolf. But is Marcus King a werewolf? Let me know in the comments, please. Uh, yeah. This amp ain't cheap. And for that amount of money, you can get a lot of stuff. I think you can get... I'm pretty sure you can get like a Tone King or something. Which is like one of the best kind of smaller, simpler amps you can get. Uh, but maybe there's a market for these. I'm curious to hear what you think. I'm not sure what to think of this release, to be honest. It's kind of strange. And the amp itself sounds great. And I bet it feels awesome to play as well. But I am not sure who this is for. If you're going to buy one, let us know please. And let us know why you're getting this instead of something else for that money. Next. <laughs> uh, the next piece of news comes from guitar.com and they say uh, there's a joke that Uitar, so U-E-I-U-I-T-A-R Center has finally the G to its logo. This was the biggest piece of news over the past week or so. So yeah, Guitar Center didn't have a G in their logo. Now now they had the G. And somehow that made the news. And I guess this is a big thing. Like, I'm not based in the US, so I'm pretty sure I haven't even gone to a single Guitar Center. So this isn't like uh, near and dear to me in a sense. I've never been to one of their stores. So I, I probably wouldn't have noticed the logo has changed, but it's funny. Like I'm a graphic designer. I've designed a bunch of logos for people, individuals, for companies, and so on. And yeah, feel feels weird that they didn't like. I'm looking at the original design. How is it? Like where did the did the G come from before? Also, why did it? Like I'm noticing that they changed the shape of the. <laughs> Miko prefers the Utah Center. Yeah, I kind of agree. <laughs> oh, maybe I don't know. It's weird that they also changed the shape of the guitar, and now it's like a dreadnought acoustic. It used to be a bit more funky acoustic guitar with almost like a Gibson style headstock. So I don't know. Such a weird design change. I really don't know what to think of it. <laughs> Uh, but apparently they kind of like they got tired of being poked about it and just decided to change the thing. I, I don't know. <laughs> oh man! So I think this, this <laughs> and of course there's a photo on Twitter where uh, like some somebody. <laughs> Use the guitar center logo to redeal like there's the guitar center, and then they redeal like this Olive Garden, but instead of G, there's <laughs> the acoustic guitar Gilmore Girls, so with two acoustics. <laughs> US Naval Station guitar, Antanamo Bay, Cuba, Pearl of the Antilles. Oh man, this is funny. It's really funny, but also 
That's the level of the news this week. Birds are chirping very loudly outside, so let's enjoy that. <laughs> yes, Luz, I agree. People are <laughs> memeing the living crap out of it, and I love it. I, I want to say, like, as long as this is on like humorous way, and we're not absolutely mocking everyone, this is this is a lot of fun because it is kind of ridiculous that that was their logo for so long. Oh, yeah. So that, that's one piece of news. Moving on to the next one. Game Changer Audio's Big Sweet Pedal is finally available. And I'm pretty sure this thing was released at NAMM 2020. I got to che- check from the article. But basically, it's a... It's a separate pedal. It kind of looks like a Bigsby tremolo, but it's a pedal which you connect. And based on the demos, it works really well. <laughs> yeah, as they say in the Gigas article, you push it down and your tone goes lower. <laughs> so that's exactly how it works. So, but I'm pretty sure they released this at NAM 2020 already and. For some reason, it took them this long to get it out. Or was it 2021? But there wasn't NAM 2021, or was there? No, there wasn't. Because I think this was a NAM thing. I mean, it's a cool pedal for people who want to have a Bigsby without modifying any of their guitars to have a Bigsby. But I don't know. Would you buy one? Because it's $379. It ain't cheap. I can understand people paying that kind of money for the plasma drive thing, whatever they have about this. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'll probably spend the money and get like a Gretsch with a big space style tremolo and just be happy with that. Can take a sip of water and move on to the next article. <laughs> Ninja. For whatever reason, when I saw this piece of news, I was thinking of Virtual Jeff. Virtual Jeff is also like a digital tremolo thing that you kind of fit on your guitar and you can get all of these whammy tones without actually having a tremolo on your guitar. So it kind of virtually adds the tremolo thing there. Uh, well, because actually, right, it's kind of <laughs> no, no tuning problems. Now you can be out of tune just when you want it, want to be out of tune. Yep, that is very, very true. But <laughs> uh, based on the specs, I would actually probably go with Virtual Jeff because I think you could do more things with that than with the Bigsby pedal. Though, again, the Bigsby pedal is actually officially licensed Bigsby brand. So Virtual Jeff loses in that sense if that's a loss. <laughs> strange, strange pedal, but I think there's market for that because there was also market for the plasma. I think it was a fuzz that they have, and I think they have the third this type of thing as well. This is certainly different, and that's what you want to do, I think. So, yeah, this is kind of exciting. Pierus made a limp biscuit vest. Wes Borland, a guitar, bass, and it looks sick, says the Gear Guts article. And Wes is, well, it says in the title, 
He is from Limp Biscuit, and so it's like a so it's a bass. It looks like a guitar, maybe other specs. Yeah, interesting. So is he just playing bass now? He reached a point where his tuning on the guitar was so low that he just decided to go with a bass. I'm trying to find some specs on this, but it has a tremolo. It's a four-string PRS-shaped bass with a tremolo. But does PRS make basses? I don't think they do. It's the first bass ever. What? Could it be? Really? Really? Um, uh, I'm going to quote the article. The new four-string is probably the most amazing instrument I've ever played. Having a locking tremolo system has very much expanded what I'm tempting with that whole thing, the idea, that idea, to have a classic A, A, D, G, or F sharp, F sharp, B, E tuning that I've been using for so long paired with all of the whammy bar riffing I do is on another level for me. The guitar is way past prototype in my opinion. Uh, Nice. This is very, very interesting. Uh, could this be the start of Piera's bass range? Maybe, maybe, we shall see. Uh, I would love to try that out. I don't know where I would use this. Certainly not in a church setting, dive bombing with bass notes. Or maybe I should. That could be fun, maybe. (laughs) But I bet there's a market for this. I don't think PRS would put something like this out without knowing that some people will will want to buy it. And if you are just playing riffs, I think this is a smart solution because, I mean, you get the low notes, you'll probably get the definition. You have the tremolo thing as well if you need that for some reason. So, yeah, my answer is why not? Interested to see and hear how he actually uses this. Hopefully there will be some videos and stuff like that out at some point. And from that to Fender, who dropped two 60th anniversary Jaguar models. And it's the 60th birthday of Jaguar. And they have the single call 60th anniversary Jaguar, Jaguar and the humbugger equipped 60th anniversary Jaguar. And Jaguar basically looks like a jazz master, but I think it's a shorter scale. It's a 24-inch scale. So it just feels very different to play, and I guess it affects the tone a bit as well. And yeah, trying to find out is the... What? There's also a 60th anniversary American Ultra... Ultra Lux Jaguar that features an older body, a maple Ultra Lux augmented D neck with a 25.5 inch scale and ebony fingerboard. But this is a Jaguar if it has a longer scale length. Are the pickups also different? I think, oh yeah, pickups are pure kind of single coil, so maybe that makes it a Jaguar as well. Maybe the wiring is a bit different from the Jazz Blaster. But. Yeah, basically they have two versions. There's the 24-inch scale one and then the 25.5-inch scale. Both models are available for $200, well, $2,500. 
very kind of nice and simple. There's a is that a candy apple red, then there's a blue one, and then there's the black one with hamburgers. And yeah, why not? <laughs> I'm just gonna say why not on every single product here because I don't know, this doesn't stir any kind of strong emotions in me. It's a nice Jaguar. Uh, I guess I'm kind of more interested in Jazzmasters. I still need to finish my Jazzmaster, by the way. I started the next guitar project without finishing the previous one. Well done, me. Going to take a sip of water again. And, yeah, something that... Uh, kind of got my attention this week was the Fossil Bay 2 by KMA, KMA they, I guess they used to be KMA audio machines but they, I'm sensing a change where they're dropping the audio mach, audio from machines so they are just KMA machines everywhere now and they released the Fossil Bay 2 I'm a big fan of the Fossil Bay 1 one of the best fuzzes I've played. Just because it's simple, it's very difficult to make it sound bad, and it's really dynamic and has all these cool things, how it reacts to your playing. And the changes from the first one are just browsing the article. First of all, they are added top-mounted jacks. So not on the sides, but top-mounted. Apparently it's more pedal friendly. Nah, I, I'm not hundred percent sure. There's two different camps. Are you camp top mounted or side mounted jacks? Let me know. <laughs> Let's start a debate. And yeah, I'm trying to see. Like, I think there was some some changes. Ah, yeah, there's a soft relay silent switching now. And they've improved improved the electronics. I don't remember that pedal having any issues or anything like that. But if it's even better, then why not? Punji, your top mount. <laughs> Punji top mount sounds really weird. Uh, yeah, Punji's camp top mounted. Why? Explain it to me. I I mean, I guess technically you can fit on more pedals, but if all of your Patch cables have like angled jacks. Does it help? Top or bottom? <laughs> Thank you, Miko. Punja uh, continues. They need to make a polar fuzzy bear in coordination with the new Disney Plus polar bear film. Uh, I think they need to make a Catpick Studio signature pedal, which is called the polar bear. <laughs> Silicon polar bear, too. <laughs> that sounds like a very. Very, very bad, like C class movie where it's like some silicon polar bears, like a somebody makes like a polar bear robot that goes rogue. <laughs> but yeah, Miko is also rooting for the top mounted. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe I'm just using wrong patch cables to make it happen. So maybe that's that. But apparently, there's a market for that. So what do I know? Yep. Fuzzly Bear indeed. If you want to have a fuzz, and this is in no way sponsored by KMA, I'm just going to say that if you want to have a fantastic sounding fuzz pedal that's very easy to use and kind of integrates really well with your other pedals, 
this is the one to get. Less cable sneaking around the stomp area, says Poon Ninja about the top mounted jacks. Yeah, okay, I get it. I get it. I'm not sure if I agree, but I get it. No, it's good. Hello, Rich Words and Music. How's the holiday? We're talking about fuzzy bears here and polar bears and silicon bears. So, there you go. <laughs> Speaking of polar bears, what? Uh, G Gibson introduces a new Gene Simmons bass. It's a Thunderbird bass. And was he? Hey, Quicksilver, by the way. And <laughs> don't text and drive, Rich. <laughs> yeah, Rich, please don't text and drive. Amiko's asking, which camp of fuzz is it? <laughs> Quicksilver also landed, but also needs to have dinner. Uh, so, Fuzzly Bay, I think it's uh, it's based on a Jordan Boston silicon fuzz circuit. There you go. Providing all, you all the information you need. And Quicksilver, feel free to have some. <laughs> Rich can confirm that he is not driving right now. So, well done, well done, well done. And yes, where was I? Gene Simmons has a bass. It's called G2 Thunderbird Bass. And it features a classic reverse Thunderbird body made of mahogany, a pair of powerful T-Bird pickups each with individual volume controls and paired with a master tone controller, mahogany neck and a Bernie fingerboard. Elsewhere, the Thunderbird features a Graftech nut and a shot mini closet in a hipshot bass bridge a Miraplex trustword cover, a Miraplex big card with a laser engraved custom Gene Simmons logo. And in the comments, Quicksilver is asking Rich, Hey Rich, is your channel name a take on this store? Rich Tone Music always wanted to ask that. Rich, if you're still watching, please let us know. This is very important. We need to know. We need to know. Rich Tone Music. Interesting. Yeah, the Gene Simmons Thunderbird base is available for a nice $220, well, $2,800. But then again, it's a Gibson. It's a signature instrument. It's a lot of money. If you wanted to have a Gene Simmons Thunderbird signature base made in the US, there you go. You can now have one. From Gene Simmons to Joe Bonamassa, Joe Bonamassa shows off upcoming Fender 48 Dual Professional, <laughs> Dual Professional JB Edition Amp. And Joe Bonamassa? Oh, gonna, quick silver, I'm going to reply to your question in just a second. Let's talk about Joe Bonamassa quickly and then we can talk about my custom project again because I'm more than happy to talk about it more. So, yeah, Joe Bonamassa has been working on his signature Fender 48 Dual Professional JB Edition amplifier for about two years now. And there's a four of it that you can, well, you kind of see a little bit, but not really. And yeah, it's kind of this weird kind of plate thing in the middle of the amp. So it's like a dual speaker amp, I think. Yeah, it has two 10-inch Bonamassa signature Celestian speakers, vintage style tweed wrapping, a split grill. 
The Ampos designed by Fender's Stan Cody and is so far slated for a 2022 release. Joe Bonomass amp, probably not cheap, but oh, did my computer just froze? That's very, very cool. It's been doing that as of late. So I think I'll just have to trust that it will come back in a second and keep talking. I hope it will restore. This happened to me last time we were shooting with Rich. My computer just froze for like a minute. And all of a sudden it was back. The mouse moves, but nothing else happens. So <laughs> please excuse me. I can might as well take the time and talk to Quicksilver while this is happening. So he was asking, uh, am I going to reshape the... Oh, there you go. My computer woke up. Probably. So he's asking... Uh, that where, where was the question? There you go. So he's asking, am I going to reshape the headstock to a PRS one? <laughs> uh, he's asking about the Harley Benton. No, I'm not going to reshape it to the PRS one for, let's say, both copyright reasons, but also I thought the headstock shape was actually pretty good on it. And I got some, what are they called? Like uh, water slide paper, and I like before we drove here today to my mother-in-law's. That is, I got I printed out like fifteen different size logos. So because I didn't have the neck with me, and I'm <laughs> Luis Vasquez PC. Come on, <laughs> I'm stuck with Mac for now, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, uh, I already printed like a logo. That I'll be applying probably tomorrow, actually, because I've been doing all the painting here at my mother-in-law's place because it's a big house. There's spare rooms that can be covered from floor to wall. Like I can cover all the floor, floor and the walls and everything, so paint doesn't go anywhere and stuff like that. And yeah, I didn't plan to shape the headstock. Plus, I've already painted the top of the headstock so it's now black and I can now well tomorrow I think I'll try to do the transfer of a logo and place it where it's supposed to be and then try to apply some clear coats on top of it and see if I can make it fit I'm kind of excited about that one fortunately my printer didn't do like extremely good job of printing that I thought it was pretty sharp. Like usually it prints pretty sharply, but for whatever reason, maybe the paper is so different that there was some like sore type of edges. But I think it will be only visible if you look at it from very, very close. So maybe that's not an issue. But yeah, then it's gonna reshape it. That's that's the long way of answering the question. But we're thinking like the whole build thing will probably be at least a three-parter because I have my computer is full of footage from the painting process. And for those who saw the design already, I'm doing this Van Halenish type of thing. And a lot of things happened during the painting process that, um, yeah, I documented. And I'll try to talk about them in an interesting and exciting way. But not everything went as planned. And 
we'll see how much it will affect the end result. Oh, it definitely affects the end result. But I was just actually scraping the binding before I started doing this episode, and I'm excited. I'm going to work on it more tomorrow. And yeah, I'm going to release the next episode next week. So stay tuned for that. And let's see. <laughs> Quicksilver says he has absolutely no idea who Marcus King is. I feel he is probably more known in US. I've, I've heard the name here and there. Might have seen him jamming with some other guitar players here and there, but yeah. So, smaller release, but no. <laughs> yeah. Bonamassa amp is definitely weird. Yeah, and I agree, it, it will probably sell more than the Marcus King Orange. That's the unfortunate reality. And thank you, Louis, for the Mac comment. I don't know what's going on with my Mac. I hope they will release some sort of update, but there's something serious going on because this is the second time it freezes. So for those who just want me to go through the news, please forgive me. We have... We're experiencing some technical issues. Please stand by. Our customer service will get back to you as soon as possible. Maybe I should work in customer service because I'm so, so good at it. Last piece of news is J-Rocket Audio releases the El Hombre pedal, which, uh, well, you got says it, get your ZZ top on with the new J-Rocket Audio El Hombre pedal. Really cool looking design. It's, well, there's a skull thing going on. Three knobs, foot switch. <laughs> Quicksilver says that the Joe Bonamassa amp is a rehouse Joyo to weed band amp. <laughs> that would be kind of incredibly funny if that would be true. Fender just goes, hey, this Joyo thing is cool. Let's copy that. That would be interesting. Uh, back to J Rocket Audio. It's giving you the gift of ZZ Top's bearded tone with the brand new El Hombre pedal. The pedal offers all the crunch you'd expect from Billy Gibbons' riffs. Yep. Sounds good to me. Uh, I'm not sure if I know how, how to describe the Billy Gibbons' tone. How would you describe a B- Billy Gibbons' tone? To me, it's like... It's... I would describe it as a small Fender amp or sm- several like Fender tweeds and amps like that kind of cranked up. So it's a bit fuzzy, but also very musical. Whatever that means. I love Billy Gibbons' tones in the songs that he has played. So, But I don't know how to describe it, but basically you can now just get a pedal that has that tone. And I'm a fan of J-Rocket audio pedals. I've had the Team PS Overdrive. And I it's one of those pedals that are absolutely great selling. I do not know who I sold it, but I did. Speaking of that, because we kind of wanted to use this opportunity to talk to you lovely people. Uh, what is the pedal that you regret selling? Let's chat about that. Uh, maybe I need to do some sort of in segment transition. Let's do that just for the sake of it. 
except I don't have that clip uploaded, so we're not gonna do that. Yeah, let's ignore that and let you know what is the pedal you regret selling. I mean, I have I could probably do like a five-hour episode by just going through all of the pedals I regret selling. <laughs> but let's not talk about me. Let's talk about you. What do you regret selling? Let me know. Let me know. Oh, I can do this as well. Looks like the footage is still fine for now. But yeah, uh, not a hugely eventful week, basically, I'd say news-wise. I think the Marcus King thing is interesting, and I wonder if uh, Orange will be moving with more of their production into U.S., and is, is that a way where they can can compete with others? Also, an interesting question is that who is building that amp for them? Me and Rich kind of chatted about it, and I guess is that it could be boutique amp distribution, but I don't know. And Punija says that one of his first pedals was a Boss Super Distortion Feedbacker pre-lawsuit and he should have kept it what is that pedal I'll have to like search what's what is boss super distortion feedback say boss super distortion feedback I I don't remember hearing of that pedal interesting so there's a pedal called boss df2 which was released 1985. There's one on Reverb for 250 euros. And I'm trying to understand what the pedal does. Because I'm live on the channel, I don't think I'm going to... Ah, the DF2 is a distortion pedal with a built-in feedbacking function. Like other bus pedals, early models were made in Japan and have a black label on the back. So... Yep. <laughs> Ninja also said that Joe Bonamassa should release a giant nerd wheel with a matching giant forehead shapes. <laughs> Too much work. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah. Boss DF2 Super Feedback looks very interesting. Yeah, Puni just says that it's a distortion or was a distortion. And if you held the button down, it would also do like a sustaining feedback and either that note or a harmonic octave. That is actually very, very cool. There's one in Sweden for 250 euros plus 25 euros for shipping. Kind of interested. Never heard of it before. Don't think I'm going to spend that money on it just right now, but maybe one day. So, yeah. Anyone else wants to? Ah, so Quick Silver says about the pedals. Have you heard of an of Electronic Orange? They make a Kickass EHX seventy three Rams Headfast clone. I was going for that. David Gilmoton. I've never heard of that pedal, but that sounds interesting. So apparently you end up selling it. Why is the question? As if I knew how to answer that. 
Ah, the builder lives here in Prague, so I ordered it and the guy hand delivered it to me at my workplace. We went for lunch and all that. <laughs> now that's some customer service for you. Well done. The builder who lives in Prague. Yeah. Uh what oh should have highlighted the comment. Yeah, for some odd reason I decided to get rid of it, says Quick Silver again. I know the feeling it I don't know why I got rid of some of the pedals I had. They were good. But then maybe I thought there was something better. Maybe I was just stupid. Maybe both. <laughs> Quicksilver says, I guess it was one of those, oh man, I'll never play like Gilmo. So that was that. Yeah. I think, I don't think, Mine was that, oh, I'll never sound, sound like Tim Pierce or we'll be able to play on Michael Jackson's album and stuff like that. But mm, I don't know. I, I've gone through so, so many pedals. And looking back, if I had kept 5% of them, like kept the best ones I'd had, I would have a ridiculously awesome pedal board. But then again, Doing all of that made sure that I know, well, first of all, I've tried a lot of pedals in my life and I feel I know what I'm talking about when we're talking about different pedals. Just because I've gone through hundreds of them. <laughs> That's how you get to the, like, I guess I'm technically putting that to use during this thing here, for example, this YouTube thing. And... <laughs> Quicksilver says that there's few new expels that he has sold and then bought again. <laughs> Does that count? Maybe. Uh, I think there's been... Hold on. There's some pedals that I have sold and then bought again. I want to say I've owned the Strymon Flint twice. So I bought one. I sold one. I think I bought it again. Pretty sure of that. Could it be? Maybe. I'm kind of scared to go through my archives and find out. Uh, I have a ridiculous archive of pedal photos because, well, when I was selling them on the Finnish kind of used market, I always take a photo and I've kept most of those photos. I have, I don't know, maybe one day I'll go and just collect all of them into one folder and do a 17-hour-long episode where I go through ink Every single one of them and that episode will break me and I will never release another video again. So that's the plan. But I'm getting very hungry and I think I'll have to... I, I, I forgot to have dinner before I started shooting. So do it live. Thank you, Puninja. Yes, 17-hour stream where we'll just go through all of the photos of all of the pedals I've had. I like it. I'm going to write that down, and that will be a segment at some point. <laughs> Rich says, normally he doesn't sell stuff for that very reason. Yes, that, that would be an ideal situation. But then again, when you want to try out other pedals, but especially when you're a student, you don't have that much extra money, which means... Uh, in order to get new pedals, you'll have to sell the ones you have. And yeah, that that's kind of the 
cycle I was stuck in for many, many years. So, <laughs> so Punja says, we'll fix it and pre-produce. Okay, good. So before we wrap up, we're going to talk about something. I think you should watch this weekend. We just happen to have a segment that's just for that. It's called Weekend Watch. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Video. It's not like we have anything else to do. Yeah. What I think you should watch this weekend again. Forgetting the right buttons. Uh, I found. Well, I've seen the channel before. It's called Professional Musicians React. But I've never really watched what they do. But as of late, I've started to watch their stuff. And I really like it. There's a few different guys kind of hosting this. There's, what's his name? Uh, first of all, there's the CEO of Patreon. Everyone knows Patreon because everyone says, hey, you can support me on Patreon. Yeah, Jack something. He's the CEO of Patreon and also co-founder of Scary Pockets, who do amazing, amazing covers. Uh, in this episode, Jack Conte is his name. Thank you. We're watching the video so you can actually tell the names of people. Then the Ryan Lerman is his co-host. And yeah, as the title of the channel says, they react to stuff. Though it's not really... It's, it's educational and entertaining at the same time. They have amazing guests on their episodes. And in this one, they have Adam Neely. And they talk about Silk Sonic. So that's Bruno Mars and Anderson Park, I think. And basically, they're comparing that band's studio version of the song and what they're doing live and talk about and go into like really nice details on what they are doing in both versions of the song and I personally found it very very interesting It's the whole channel is kind of very nerdy and they go into minuscule like small details basically and I just really enjoyed it so highly recommend you watch this it's good 38 minutes of entertainment, edutainment, actually, I should say, because you kind of learn things, but it's also entertaining, well-produced. And I didn't know about the fact that the CEO of Patreon is actually a great, great musician as well. Kind of made me appreciate that uh, thing. Is it a service? What's it called? Whatever it's called. Kind of got me appreciated even more. So that's cool. And I really, really enjoyed this video. And I think a lot of you watching and listening will do that as well. So yeah, give it a try. They have a bunch of fun videos on their channel. So be sure to do that. And sun is setting down. It will be dark soon. Look, some of my phone is actually doing a pretty good job. Kind of adding fake light so to speak, in the shot, but the sun will set down in, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. so <laughs> might be time to wrap up and grab some food and kind of... Uh, tomorrow is my daughter's cousin's, twin, their twin's birthday, so 
lots of food and lots of kids running around and screaming. So fun. Also going to work on my guitar more tomorrow and I'll try to edit the video as well. So the next episode. Oh, thank you, Punji. Throw some, throw some thumbs up, folks. Thank you. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to get the second Harley Benton DIY st style, DIY style, DIY kit video out next week. There's a lot to edit, but a lot of the editing is just me speeding up the footage. I, like there's a clip of me painting the guitar for 40 minutes and then I need to speed it up to, for it to be 40 seconds. And my poor computer is exhausted of that. So there you go. But thanks for everyone who joined, joined today. Really appreciate it. We've got some interaction going on here. So it's not just me babbling for an hour. Well, it still technically was me babbling for an hour, but at least I was reacting to what you were saying. So thanks everyone for joining. Have a great weekend. And oh, hey Dale. Thanks for chiming in as well. And yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a great weekend. I'm pretty sure next week we'll be back with the whole crew. So there will be at least two of us <laughs> instead of just me. Yeah. Have a great weekend, everyone. See you. Oh, no. Excuse me. What's going on with me today? New environment. I'm losing it. What I was supposed to say is bye, podcast. <laughs>